podcast found on level down games every wednesday right here on itunes and google play i'm brian joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of long island frank ahoy all right (laughs) before we begin discussing the excellent music we have today we want to let you know that the following is brought to you by technisport gaming chairs technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming related chairs In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with a lazy boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Each chair comes with a two-year limited warranty, the heavy-duty steel frame comes with a lifetime warranty, and what's really cool about Technisport is that 3% of sales go toward disaster relief efforts, so you're also supporting a good cause. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games, offer code LDG, to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box on all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all the support. Alright man, I've been looking forward to this episode for months. It's one that we had penciled in shortly after starting BG Mania back in the summer of 2017. I think it was during our Final Fantasy, the first yes. Final Fantasy episode, when we were listening to some of the town themes. I thought it would be a really cool idea to do a town-themed episode. And that's what this is. We're actually doing, finally, our town-themed episode here on BG Mania. We've each come equipped with eight tracks each. Mine are very heavy on Japanese. Yours, kind of, but not so much. Um, because, honestly, the idea I had for when we when we started talking about this episode was for, for to feature role-playing games, for the most part. Because when you, when you think of a town in a game, you mostly think of role-playing games. No, absolutely. In fact, uh, I tried my darndest to not go as heavy Japanese RPG just because <laughs> there that's that's all that town themes seem to be featured in, but I Yes, so, it really is. It really is. Um so I, I managed to find some things that are outside of that realm, but for the most part my things are rooted in Japanese RPGs as much as yours are. Yeah, I mean it, it just has to be and then like I said, like yes, there are other towns in other games. I mean like of course. 
you know, Liberty City in Grand Theft Auto, while it's technically a city, it's still a town. But, you know, it doesn't have this particular theme. Like, there's no Liberty, Liberty City theme. There's no, uh... <laughs> There's no good neighbor theme in Fallout 4. There's no... <laughs> I happen to think there is. Uh... <laughs> There's no, uh, you know, like, some some of the Skyrim game, you know, like Skyrim, Oblivion, Morrowind, you could find some town themes. Now, if you would have said Diamond City from Fallout 4, that had a theme to it. It was an actual theme that played every time you walked into it. But, um... Well, I particularly like the song, so I didn't pick <laughs> For the most part, a lot of these bigger games like that, you know, they don't have town themes. And, and really, town themes are very much rooted in the RPG genre, especially in the Japanese RPG genre. So I had a field day picking these eight tracks that I chose this week. Um, but the opening one there was your pick. It absolutely was. It's from the uh, NES classic Crystallis. Right. Uh, that was composed by uh, Yoko Osaka uh, okay. from the SNK. Um, it's a lot of work at SNK. This, I do believe maybe the only major composing credit. Uh, I think Akari Warriors Three might be the other one, if I'm not completely mistaken. Okay. But, um, okay. Most, but uh, Yoko Saka, or as credited in the games, is just Yoko. Uh, did sound effects for everything they did. So that, that, that's that's his claim to fame out there. Okay. Uh, Crystallis, the town theme. Um, I cheated a little bit, so to speak. It's a theme of every major town you go to. I mean, and, that, that still counts, though. That's still a town yeah. theme. I yeah, mean, so Fi Final I, Fantasy 2, it's the same town theme in every single town you go to. Actually, yeah, so I, I tried to pick, just in, you know, for my picks, you know, a theme that's specific to a town. This is the one time I cheated. Just yeah, no, and I, I don't even consider that cheating because a lot of the old school JRPGs, especially when you go to the NES, somewhat on the SNES as well, the towns had one theme. I mean, that's just how it was. That's how. That's why the battles have one theme. Just how it was. Just how it was. But yeah. But uh, this is a great game in general, and I love this song. Mm -hmm. Isn't this on one of our top ten series? Did we put this on a uh, hidden gem? Maybe. Is, I, it, on, is I, it on that one? I'm willing to bet that Crystallis made it to the uh, the hidden gems. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure it made it on that one. I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it did. But uh, yeah, Crystallis was a fun game. It really was one of the one of the one of the better RPGs on the NES. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. All right, but, uh, wow me, Brian. Oh, what do you got for me? Don't worry, I'm starting off with a bang here. So, oh, what? <laughs> uh, prepare for epicness, because my first track on today's episode of BG Mania is from Ease, Memories of Celseta. This track is called Frontier Town, otherwise known as Kaznan.
And that was Frontier Town, otherwise known as Kaznan, from E's Memories of Celseta. And veterans to BG Mania will know that E's is developed by Nihon Falcom. So the composers for this, relatively unknown, but it's the Falcom JDK sound team. So we don't really know exactly who composes what song in that sound team. The four main composers at the time when E's Memories of Celseta was developed were Hayoto Sonata, Takehiro Unisaga, Saki Momiyama, and Tomokatsu Hajiguda. So uh, one of those four, if not more than one, was responsible for this track. But uh, dude, I love this one. This is so good. That's a good song. It was a nice little jaunty tune, and you know me. I love a good jaunty tune. Yeah, and I mean, it fit the town really well, because as the name of the track suggests, this is Frontier Town. You know, this is a very, you know, if if you think like woodworking, primitive town, that's what this is. So we're doing a show right now called Revisiting the Classics. Uh, Check it out every Saturday. It's in the Max Level podcast feed, but we're also going to start a new RSS feed for it as well. It actually should already be up if you search for Revisiting the Classics. You'll probably find it by the time this episode posts. This was released on November 26, 2013 on the PlayStation Vita. Eventually, I do want to do the E-Series for revisiting the classics because they're so much fun. And I know while you've played some of the E's games, you haven't played them all. And they are they are so fun to play through. They're just a blast. And they have amazing soundtracks through and through every single time. Now, I am down to do E's afterwards. That's yeah. I don't know if we're going to do it right after Final Fantasy. No. But uh, we definitely are going to do Ease at some point in the future for the show. Um, But no, I I love this track. Uh, Ease Memories of Celseta was... While I had played other Ease games in the past, Memories of Celseta was the one that actually got me excited to play through Ease. I mean, it was the one that reinvigorated my love for the franchise and for the series. Not the franchise, but yeah, I guess so, the series. Um, When I got my Vita in 2013 for Christmas that year... Jessica actually bought me this game with Persona 4 Golden. Um, so these were the two games that I have on my, on my Vita when I got my Vita for Christmas in 2013. And I played through Ease. It's, it's man, I want to say right around 20 hours or so this this version was. Um, amazing, 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 amazing. And it made me want to go back and play through the entire series again, which I have done for the most part since playing this. Um, you know, I, I, I do own all of them on PC. I still have some on, you know, actual consoles when they were releasing here back in the, the 90s. Um, and I've recently played through, obviously, Ease 8, Lacrimosa of uh, Donna, and Ease Origins on PS4. So Ease definitely one of my favorite Falcom franchises right up there with, with their other stuff. They don't really make a bad game ever. And they don't really make a bad track ever when it comes to <laughs> soundtracks. So I, I had to pick something from Ease and... I just kept gravitating back towards memories of Celseta when I was trying to think, okay, what do I want to pick for this theme? So I listened to the entire soundtrack, and this one just stuck out to me the most. So that's why I chose this one. Uh, that's a good pick. It's a good pick. I'm going to follow up with an equally as good pick, if, in my opinion. Okay. Um, from one of my favorite all-time series. Okay. Or at least, or at least the first two. Third one, it never happened. This, <laughs> is, oh, this is Oakvale from Fable.
and that was Oakvale from Fable, uh, composed by Russell Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, also composed a lot of great games: uh, Syndicate, okay, Dungeon Keeper, okay, one of my favorites, Populous, and okay. the Black and White game. Oh, Black and White's fun. I like that series. That's a good series. Um, no, Fable had two composers, and you could definitely t- hear the influence of the other in this one. Yeah, I was just going to uh, mention it if you didn't say it, but uh, that, that that definitely sounded like someone else to me. Yeah, Danny Elfman was yeah. the other composer <laughs> for Fable. Um, he was not the composer on this song, but you could definitely hear it. It's not even a question. You could definitely hear the influence yeah. in the song. Uh, this fits in with any one of your Danny Elfman movies, your Nightmare Christmases and such. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Fable, the Fable series is one of the only series that Danny Elfman actually has contributed to in the video game world. Yeah, it's... I mean, typically much- typically he is a movie composer, um, but he, he does have a couple of video game credits under his name. Uh, and, those, three, and those are usually from movies that he works on. So. Yeah, of course, like, you know, like Lego Batman, that kind of stuff. But uh, obviously, in terms of just video games, it might just be Fable with that that is not tied to movies. Yeah, Fable 1, Fable 2, great games, love them to death. Fable 3, too. Don't forget about Fable 3. Never happened. It did. It's sitting on my shelf. No, that's just... That's, that's, that's fake. Oh, it's, okay. like the, it's like the Godfather 3. It never really happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it did, man. I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. Well, as a gamer, I've scrubbed it from my brain. Okay. It's no longer it's no longer in my head canon. Okay. But it... Uh... I, I think uh, I think you should go back and play it again. Revisiting the Classics, Episode 3, Fable 3. Lock it in. <laughs> we can end the series with that right there. <laughs> There's nothing more classic than Fable 3. I just hope I hope they make a Fable 4 one day. We'll reopen Lionhead Studios. There, Lionhead's not coming back, but there is a rumor that Fable 4 is in production for Microsoft at a uh, United Kingdom-based studio, but we're not sure which one it is. The one of the original, I, I didn't mention this at max level because I didn't feel it was strong enough to mention yet. One of the uh, one of the original developers on the Fable franchise tweeted out that he's recently heard Microsoft is trying to get Fable 4 off the ground at a new studio in in, U, in the UK. Not necessarily a new studio, but a new a new developer. And uh, a lot of people are guessing that it might be Playground Games. Which is the st- well, not ooh. I mean, they're the studio that's behind uh, Horizon, um, not Horizon, the Forza Horizon series. Yeah, but is anyone's willing to pick this up? I'm willing to you know, for for someone else to take a, a stab at this. No, it'd be cool. Because three three was entirely it was a letdown. It was absolutely abysmal in my opinion. The entire Fable franchise was a letdown. What are you talking about? <laughs> Fable one was great. Fable two is really good except for the ending. No, Fable 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 was never amazing. Fable was never amazing because of Peter Molyneux and his overpromising. I was so hyped for Fable before the first one came out, and just everything that he said was going to be possible in this game never came to fruition, and it completely deflated my hype as the game neared release and we started getting previews and hands-on from people in the industry. Like, none of this stuff is possible. You can't do this. I was like, well, that sucks. Why say something? Hey, hello, games. Why say something about No Man's Sky if it's not going to make it in the game? He's one of my favorite liars of all time. Yeah, I can see why you like him. (laughs) (laughs) You're a big liar yourself. (laughs) And a cheat and a schemer and trying to get points where there's no points to be gotten. If you, you know, the great, the late great Eddie Guerrero once said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. (laughs) Viva la raza. All right. For my second pick on today's episode, we're going to. Now, there are two ways to say this game name. I don't know which one is correct. I say it Sakodin. Other people say Suikoden. 
but we're going to say Sakodin 2. The track is Secret Village of the Ninja. was Secret Village of the Ninja. And while we were listening to that, we did look up the pronunciation for the actual game because, like I said, I always say Sakodin, which I did see a lot of people saying that's what they said. You said that you always say it uh, Suikoden, which, again, I saw a lot of people saying that, but the official pronunciation is Suikoden. Yeah, it's a mixture of Japanese and Chinese. That's why it's a word that's hard for everyone to say. Yeah, so however you pronounce it, I really don't feel like there's a wrong way. Sakodin, Suikoden, Suikoden, whatever you want to say. That's from Suikoden 2. Again, the track was Secret Village of the Ninja, and that was composed by Miki Higashino. And what else has she done? She did music for the entirety of the uh, Suikoden series. Um, trying to look through what else. Uh, she did Gradius 4 back in 99. Melody of Legend, Chapter of Love. I'm not sure what that is. Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of games just have their Japanese names, so I'm having trouble looking for ones that maybe also would have released over here in North America. Looks like she's mostly just known for the uh, the Suikoden games. Which is hey, what a, thing to, what a thing to be known for. Yeah, and... Uh, she, it says here that she first began composing video game music as a student employed by Konami and contributed to various minor products, often uncredited or under the alias Miki-chan or Miki-chang. It says here her substantial early works include the Gradius soundtrack uh, and obviously then the uh, Suikoden games. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. 
All right, I'm going to go to probably the newest game on the entire list, unless you got something that just came out. Um, my track know. is my track is going to come from the mobile game Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Oh, yeah, that's the newest one. <laughs> this is the campsite Sunny Day theme. And that was the sunny noon version of the campsite theme from Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. There's not much going uh, on in that track, is there? Not much going not, on. Not really, but it was composed by someone who did one hell of a soundtrack last year. Okay. Uh, Monaka, I'm going to butcher this, Monaka Karaoka. Okay. Did the soundtrack, the entirety, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, now I will say Breath of the Wild, not my favorite Zelda soundtrack. I mean, she did the entire past two Animal Crossing games as well. No, no, no. I know. I know. She, she, but, but, she but, does, but, she but, does but, good work, but, but, but I'm just... Agreed, yeah. Breath of the Wild wasn't the strongest one, but... No, I listened... The, the version I got, the version I bought for Breath of the Wild came with the actual soundtrack uh, on CD, and I listened to that in the car, and I was hoping to be blown away by the soundtrack to Breath of the Wild, and I just wasn't. It was good, though, but, meh, not soundtrack was all right. Yeah, it wasn't Koji Kondo, I know. Kind of, kind of just like uh, Pocket Camp. It was just an alright kind of game. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's just eh. It's just very much eh. I like. I mentioned this this on Max Level the previous uh, episode last Monday when you were talking about playing it. I was so wrong when I said that I thought there would be enough stuff here to hold fans over till the Switch version comes out. There's not. There wasn't enough stuff to hold me over for a week. Yeah, I know. I I just play it in quick hits now. Yeah, I'm still. I mean, I'm so, but but I'm gonna hit max level. Don't you worry. Of course you will. Uh, but particularly talking about the music in Pocket Camp, it definitely feels like an Animal Crossing composition. You could definitely you definitely get the vibe that you're playing an Animal Crossing game when you're playing it and you're hearing the tunes in the background. But uh, I mean, just some of the tracks in there, like I I think you picked one of the better ones because some of the ones in there just weren't that uh, awe inspiring to me. 
they're very minimalistic. Yeah, I mean, they're just, you know, a couple notes here and there. And I, and I get it. It's a mobile title, and they're just trying, you know, it's, people often play these games with the sound turned down, so there's really not a whole lot of work put into these games when it comes to that aspect. But uh, I just wanted more, man. It's just been so long since I've got a good Animal Crossing game that I really enjoyed. Uh, obviously, I, I had a lot of fun with New Leaf, but that was over five years ago. So I'm just ready for I'm ready for the Animal Crossing Switch version to blow me away when it comes out later this year. Don't you worry. May 2018. Yep. Uh, September 2018. We'll be, we'll be blown away by the Animal Crossing version on the Switch. Lock it in. <laughs> Lock it in. All right. Moving on. My next track comes, speaking of the Switch, comes from a game that I do feel is going to be ported to the Nintendo Switch soon. If you listen to Max Level, you might have an idea of what I'm talking about. This game is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. The track Shibuya. was Shibuya from Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. What's really cool about this game, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, if you look at the first letters backwards, SMT, this is a spin-off of the Shin Megami Tensei games, and the Sharp FE means it's also part of the Fire Emblem series. So this is actually part of the Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem series, which is really cool. So a lot of the a lot of the summons that you had in this game were Fire Emblem characters and Fire Emblem 
type of classes, whereas, and then you had, you know, the Shin Megami Tensei demons, and this was just a very weird collaboration that just worked so well, and it felt like a Persona game, so it was pretty freaking cool. Developed by Atlas, published by Nintendo, it released on the Wii U in North America June 24th, 2016. I really hope that they don't abandon this game, and that they actually do bring this to the Switch, that it can actually do well there too, because I'd love to see a sequel. I think it'd be really cool to see another continuation of this game. Do, um, do you think this song actually plays when you go to the real Shibuya in Tokyo? I hope so, man. How cool would that be? You're just just walking down the street here in this tune, blasted over loudspeakers, hidden in the trees. That'd be pretty sweet. Crossing that famous crosswalk. Um, no, the composer for this game was Yoshiaki Fujisawa. Uh, other games that he's done, he did the Blue Dragon um, soundtrack for one of the ones that Microsoft published on the Xbox 360. He also did anything else of note? Um, Notes of School Idol Days, Riddle Story, Gate. It's not Steins Gate, or else I would know that. No, it doesn't look like anything other anything other notable games. So just the uh, Blue Dragon in Shimagami Tensei games, which is kind of cool. Not Shimagami. Um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah. Shimagami is usually uh, Shoji Megaro, if I'm not mistaken, who, who I know does the Personas games. And Catherine he did as well, I think. But yeah, no, uh, this game, I freaking love it, dude. I, I, I put so many hours into this game on the Wii U. I, I did finish it, I think, uh, upwards of 80 hours into this game. Extremely fun. I really enjoyed it. It had another, kind of like how Tokyo Xanadu, one of the party members, is a pop idol. Tokyo Mirage Sessions was the same way. One of your party members had aspirations to be a pop idol, and then you had another party member that was a pop idol. So they, they incorporated that a lot into the story, too, which I thought was pretty cool. Brian and I need to become pop idols. Yeah? Yeah, we should do that, right? I think, um, I don't know if we have the look for it. Well, I do because I have a rocking bod. I don't know if we have the look for it. <laughs> There's a reason we're audio only, guys. <laughs> no, we're video on, on other podcasts. I know, I know. People can see what we look like if they choose to. I just don't know Absol- why they I just don't know why they would choose Absolute to. Absolute perfection. I just don't know why they would choose to. Me and Brian, see, I was about to give you a comment. I'm going to take it all back right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look like Greek gods. <laughs> I was going to say that we were crafted by the gods themselves, but now you can go to hell. <laughs> you were crafted by the pink puff himself, Kirby. See here, Bat Jesus. <laughs> okay. Let's not get sidetracked, guys. Let's move into the games. That's what we're here for, and the music. So, so they, yeah, that's what they're here for. They're waiting for it, but you're you're holding them back. Never. I say we traverse our way to the next track. Mm, like nice transition. Next. Nice transition. This is Traverse Town from Kingdom Hearts.
And that was Traverse Town from Kingdom Hearts. It's a good track. Uh, good track. Uh, composed by the wonderful Miss Yoko Shimomura. Yes. Uh, Love did all her. The Kingdom Hearts, Love did all Kingdom her Hearts work. Music. Uh, also did uh, a game called Xenoblade Chronicles. Love her work. Uh, Radiant Astoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually composed Final Fantasy XV's music. Yes, she did. And a game that we will revisit eventually in the classics, Super Mario RPG. We're revisiting every single thing that you just mentioned in the cl- and revisiting the classics. Uh, I guess we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially Kingdom Hearts. I, I want to try to get through the Kingdom Hearts franchise before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. But I also would love to get through the Dragon Quest franchise before Dragon Quest 11 comes out. So uh, we, we've definitely got our work put out you know, ahead of us for revisiting the classics. But uh, I'm so excited. Just, I've just been having so much fun with that show. And we've, we've only done one episode, but we, we now we're on our second game for it. And I've just been having a blast going back and playing Final Fantasy 2. So I've just been having a blast. Yeah. Hopefully I'll have it done by next episode. Doubt it, no. Uh, probably not. Doubt probably it, not. no. But maybe, 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 maybe if you can uh, crank some crank some time into it soon. I'll, I'll give it a shot. But oh my God, man. Traverse Town? Yeah. Traverse what a great what a great tune and a great area in the game. You know... I am so hyped for the new game. Uh, Traverse Town became Hollow Bastion. Spoiler alert! Sorry. It's and not. You, it's it, not that big of a spoiler alert. Uh, uh, you, you, you only had a hundred years to play this game since the last one came out. So not only that, but I mean, people probably are so confused by what it is anyway. That doesn't even matter. Uh, but it's a honestly, very confusing plotline to follow. Very, very, very confusing. Kingdom Hearts was some of my first exposure to Final Fantasy characters. I mean, obviously, it's impossible to miss them throughout. Which is you know, crazy to me. I know it is, um, but like I know what a Moogle is, I know who Vivi is because of Kingdom because, Hearts. Because of Kingdom Hearts, that's kind of sad, but eh, hey, everyone learns somehow. All right, but now you know. Now that I'm officially playing the Final Fantasy series, yeah, I can't well, wait to see how this. I can't see, wait to see how those stories tie into Kingdom Hearts. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't at all. <laughs> wow, they spoil it for me. Yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. So I'm not, so I'm not getting the Buster Sword Keyblade in the, any of these games. I mean, you're not gonna have a Keyblade, no. Oh, god dang it! No. <laughs> All right. Well, for my next pick, I'm gonna go to a franchise I just actually talked about, and that's Dragon Quest. So we're gonna be visiting Dragon Quest VIII: Journey of the Cursed King, which, in my opinion, is the best Dragon Quest ever created so far, and the track "Peaceful Town, Quiet Village."
And that was Peaceful Town, Quiet Village from Dragon Quest VIII, Journey of the Cursed King. This was composed by Koichi Sugiyama. Other works that he has done. This was obviously done by Enix. Um, So other things that he's done, obviously the entirety of the Dragon Quest slash Dragon Warrior games. He did World Golf, Wingman 2, um... Oh, man, trying to look at other popular ones. Trying to scroll quickly here. Obviously, he did the uh, the Feet Rhythm Dragon Quest game. He did Dragon Quest Builders, Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2, Dragon Quest Monsters, the, the one that we were just talking about. We were listening to that. He did the entirety of that franchise. He does the music for the online Dragon Quest game, Dragon Quest X. Man, most of his stuff is Dragon Quest. Uh, Derby Stallion 64 he worked on. Uh, Shiren the Wanderer 2. Terneco the Last Hope. Mystery Dungeon did a Monopoly composition, but uh, his, his claim to fame is by far Dragon Quest. I mean, that's just, I mean, and, and the music and in the Dragon Quest games are so good. I, like I said before, what, what a series to be behind. I mean, yeah. we know how big Dragon Quest is in Japan. Yeah, Dragon Quest is the most popular RPG in Japan. Whenever these come out, people take off work, they take off school, line up outside of shops every single release. Dragon Quest is the biggest RPG franchise in Japan by far. Um, I, I love this series. I'm, I'm glad that we have it penciled in for revisiting the classics at some point in the future because we are going to play through the entirety of the Dragon Quest games. So I, I'm definitely excited to get that. Like I said, hopefully we we are able to do it before Dragon Quest XI comes out. But if not, we'll still do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm playing Dragon Quest XI as soon as it comes out. I'm not waiting, but uh, I'll play through it again when we get to it for the show. If we don't get right, to it in time, you will wait. I will not wait. Sorry. <laughs> my my reviews take priority. But but the slime, we have to kill it together. Uh, we'll go for the metal slime. They always give more EXP. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, leading into this, uh, Dragon Quest VIII, definitely my favorite Dragon Quest game in the franchise. I absolutely adore this game. And little known fact, it's the first Dragon Quest game that I actually ever finished. Nice. So I owned Dragon Warrior 1 when it was on the NES, when it was just called Dragon Warrior, before it even became Dragon Quest here in North America. Never beat it because, I mean, it was a very tough game. I had no idea what I was doing, and I was young. I mean, this came out in 89. I think I got it in 1990, so I was four years old when I was playing this game. No freaking clue what I was doing in this game. I I didn't beat Dragon Warrior until... 25, 26 years old, so don't yeah, feel too bad. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing this as a four-year-old child. Uh, never finished it. I never I never bought two, three, and four just because I never finished the, the first one. I was like, you know, I, man, I just, I, I was discouraged to get the, the next ones. And then five and six were released on the SNES. They never came out in North America until much later on the DS. Um, seven came out on the on the PlayStation when we saw it in 2001. Obviously, eight was PS2 in 2005. Nine was the 3DS. Was it? Th- I think it was, might have been DS, but I know it was on the DS or 3DS family of systems um, when when that came out. And then obviously, ten is online only, locked to Japan. So, Dragon Quest Eight, the the first Dragon Quest game I ever finished, and I I absolutely love it. It's it's my I've, I've since played every Dragon Quest game that I possibly can. Except for 10, because I don't have access to play it. But I've played them all. But even still, I've only finished a handful of them. I've never finished certain Dragon Quest games. So that's why I really want to do this series on revisiting the classics. Because not only for you, which you've only ever played the very first one on the NES. But uh, for me, I've never finished some of these. And I would love to go back and finish all of them. Just so I can say I, fit, I finished all of them at one point. That's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, that'd be fun. And now for an RPG series that I have actually beaten every single game for. Ooh, I wonder what this could be. There's only one, unfortunately. Well, there's actually two. Uh, there's actually two. 
Are there two that have never looking, finished? Looking, looking at what possibly could be coming next, I, I feel like you've beaten every game in both of these franchises. That is true. But this one's a, this one's a pure RPG. Okay. A Japanese, a Japanese RPG. Okay. This is the Violet City theme from Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Choosing this version over the other ones. We'll talk about that in a little bit. City from the Pokemon series. Yes. Um, I say that because this game, this song does appear in the original gold and silver yeah. and platinum. Um, however, the Heart Gold Soul Silver remakes definitely made it sound a lot better. Sure. Which this is from those remakes. Yes. And like I said, I've played every Pokemon story game there is. I'm impressed. I've actually, I've actually played every Pokemon. I, I, I haven't played the Pokemon Mystery Dungeons. Those aren't mainline. Those are fun, though. <laughs> Jessica has those, and she really I enjoys will. those. I, I will play them eventually. Uh, but I play every, every any Pokemon game that has a story. I played. I also hell. I played Snap. I played. Yeah. Either uh, Pikachu on the 64 with the microphone. Yeah. No, I, I listening listening to that definitely got my the gears in my head turning because obviously the show that we're doing revisiting the classics. Like I said, check it out, subscribe to it. It's a fun show, especially if you're into JRPGs. Because as of right now, we are definitely going to be heavily focusing on JRPGs yes. for that show. Even though we do have series like Mega Man planned too, but uh, Pokemon is one of the few Japanese RPG franchises that I'm not well versed in. I do know Pokemon. I know a lot about it, but I've never actually finished a Pokemon game. We'll, we'll change that for you. It, 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 there's a lot of learning to do. Right. Obviously, it's obviously of course it's best to start from ground zero. And we will uh, because that's what we, we do when we're visiting the classics. So we but will when we get to that series eventually. A complex battle system where you have to know the type advantages, and then things are getting to multi-classing and multi-type advantages. I have a little handy-dandy chart that I have at all times. It's <laughs> what. As of the most recent generation, it is not handy nor dandy anymore because it is it's every which way but loose. Didn't they change a lot of it for the new generation? They still kept the same things. Fire, you know, water beats fire. And, you know, sure, fire, sure, sure. Fire, sure. Fire, fire beats leaf. Elements aren't going to change, but I thought they changed a lot with the battle system. Not really. Not that too much. There's option for doubles and triples battles now. Maybe. Okay, I, I know I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of a rumor that's for the Switch version. The The rumor is that the Switch version is going to drastically change the battle system. Don't they dare. They would. That's the that they think they're going to. Well, if they want to get smacked. That's, that's <laughs> uh, no, okay, what, a, what, a, what a cool track, though. I really like that one. That was fun. 
I mean, in this typical JRPG fashion, every single city has its own theme. Sure. Well, that's uh, not necessarily typical. I mean, a lot of JRPGs uh, of yesteryear did play this, did, did play the same town theme in every single town that you went into. Yeah, but Poke- Pokemon, every single city has its own theme. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Violet City, when I first heard this one, and then I was like, oh my god, I'm being blown away by this. It's the best one from the game. Is it? It is. Uh... I can't wait for you to play. I can't wait for you to play this one. I think this is. Pro- I think that the Heart Gold Soul Silver mm-hmm. is going to be your favorite one going forward. And it's, I think it's funny because when we get to Pokemon for revisiting the classics, I feel like you're going to feel how I feel right now with you playing through the Final Fantasy series with me playing through Pokemon, because Final Fantasy obviously being one of my favorite franchises of all time, and you have never played any of them, and I finished all of them to you know to completion, and it's the exact opposite. For you and Pokemon. So Pokemon is one of your favorite franchises of all time. You finished them all to completion and I've played bits and pieces of, of a good chunk of them, but I've never finished a single game. So um, I, I definitely want to remedy that, remedy that. And that's that's another thing that I want to do with this revisiting the classics is go back and actually finish a lot of these games um, that, that I never got a chance to. So it's pretty cool. Uh, just knowing you and like how, how you like a good story. I yeah. The story of this one's going to resonate with you incredibly it's gonna become your favorite one of your favorites of all time cool i'm hoping to uh, i'm hoping to get there at some point in the uh in the next couple years <laughs> we have so much content planned for every single one of oh, our podcasts it's, it's insane how mile how far in advance we plan like i said bg manias were set to like 2020 and even mm-hmm. possibly 2025 so it's crazy how far in advance we plan obviously the schedules do have to shift when certain things happen so uh you know i have to keep it current at least i try to of course but uh, okay, well, moving on to my next pick. This one is from a GameCube game, a GameCube game that I actually really, really, really adored. the The game is called Bait and Kaidos Eternal Wings and the Lost Ocean. The track "Gentle Wind" this actually played in the town of Celebri.
And that was Gentle Wind, which is the song that plays in the town of Celebri from Baton Kaidos, Eternal Wings, and the Lost Ocean. I freaking love this game. It had a follow-up to uh, Baton Kaidos Origins. Such good games, man. Released on the GameCube here in North America on November 16th, 2004. It was composed by Motoi Sakuraba, who is one of the most well-known video game composers in the industry, responsible for such series as Star Ocean, Tales, Dark Souls, Fantasy Star, Bravely Default, Golden Sun, Resonance of Fate, Valkyrie Profile, Eternal Sonata. He's done the Mario Golf games and the Shining Force games. Uh, Like I said, one of the most well-known composers when it comes to art role-playing games. Uh, his work is, I mean, obviously I, I I can attribute him mostly to the Tales games just because that's what I know him from. But uh, he's he's done so much, man. And, and the music, the soundtracks for Bait and Kaidos and Bait and Kaidos Origins are great. And it had a very unique battle system because it was card-based. So you actually would, like, you would have weapons on these cards and you would have potions on cards and you would have spells on cards. And you had to play these cards in battle. And you were playing it against your opponent, which are a monster. You're still fighting monsters and enemies and stuff. It's just a regular RPG. But you're, you're playing these cards against their cards and, and the higher, you know, higher numbers usually win. So it's very strategic as well. And it was it was just so much fun. You can combine cards and do all these different things, man. This game was deep, 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 deep game, but extremely fun. Extremely, extremely fun. Sounds a lot like Magic the Gathering, which means I might want to give it a shot. Yeah, maybe this may be maybe a game we want to explore in the future. Not not anytime soon, but this might be I, a game that we explore in the future for the show. I mean, one of my favorite games is a card based game. Um, Pokemon it's Uno. Oh, I thought you meant Pokemon. Oh, there are Pokemon cards too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Uno. Yeah, is that why you always keep a Uno card wrapped next to you? Yes, that's why. <laughs> so it's like getting a Christmas gift every single day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Every day is every day is my birthday. Every day is Christmas. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. And everything is awesome. Everything is great when you're part of a team. Yeah, I know. See, yeah, I watch a movie. Uh... <laughs> All right, so for my. Next song. Yes. What do you got? I'm going to take you to a classic. Okay. This is Glitzville from Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door.
And that was Glitzville from Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. That was the uh, second of the uh, Paper Mario games to come out on the GameCube. Uh, I love this song. I love this game. Uh, I love this whole series. The second I, on the GameCube? Yeah. What was the first on the GameCube? Uh, Paper Mario. That was an N64 game. Okay, it was the first one on the GameCube. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe I missed a game. I was like, how did I miss a game? <laughs> you missed nothing. I didn't think so. I played every single Paper Mario except for the newest, so. Is that Paper Jam? Colors. Color Splash? Oh, Color Splash. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Pa- Paper Jam was a Mario and Luigi game, and that's the only Mario and Luigi game I've never played because I think it's stupid that they crossed over. But yeah, I didn't yeah. play Color Splash on uh, Paper Mario. Well, it's such a, a great idea for a game, though. No, I, I freaking love it. I love it. Uh, I, I, I just remember, you know, all the little intermission uh, sections with Bowser. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so great. I, I I really want to go back and fire this one up on the GameCube. Eh, just hold off. We'll do it for the show eventually. No, I, I'm going to play this game soon. Uh, Why? Why? I'm greedy, and I like to play. Um, <laughs> but yeah... I, I don't think I've ever played... I, I, I didn't play the original one for N64 until much later. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but I, when I first fired this game up, I'm like, this is a Mario game? Like, mm-hmm. what, what the hell's going on here? I, it didn't even dawn on me what Paper Mario meant. Okay. I was like, okay, all right, I get it. This little stick moving Mario. And... <laughs> a little did I know that I was in for a hell of a treat. Yeah, it came out oh. in uh, 2004 for the GameCube, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Late in the life cycle, because the GameCube obviously would be replaced by the Wii in 2006. So, uh, But not as late as Paper Mario came for the N64. That came in like 2000, so the year before the GameCube. Uh, but this was actually composed by uh, Yoshihito Hanaro and uh, Yuka Sujioko. Okay. Um, and they're more famous for another series, uh, Fire Emblem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fire Emblem yeah, so, team. Yep. Yeah, so it's a Fire Emblem team. So they've done the Hair Mario games and Fire Emblem. Uh, it's um, uh, Yuka Sujioko. Uh, she is the main composer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Yoshihito is more of... He's a composer as well, but he's, he's more so on the directing end of things. Sure. I I, I, was gonna say, I love this game so, so much. Uh, it's so underrated. I mean, when you hear people talk about their, their favorite Mario game, this game never really comes up. It's it's my favorite of the Paper Mario series by far. It's, it is the best one. Uh, it, it's definitely the best one. <laughs> it is definitely the best one. This one, I is, did like, this one's really I, good. I did, I did like I like the one on the Wii, but this one is a thousand times better. The Wii one was okay, but um, this one is definitely. It, it, it really, I, I really them. I want them to do. If they ever do another Paper Mario for the Switch or whatever comes after the Switch. I would like them to do it in the vein of Thousand Year Door, just because I feel like it is the best, and I feel like we haven't gotten one like that since then. So it's been, you know, since 2004. Kind of sucks. All right. We've waited too long, Nintendo. Make it so. Yeah, bring us another one, and just, you know, not like Color Splash, please. And Sticker Star wasn't that good either. Don't get me wrong. Sticker Star wasn't that good either. Sticker Star I suffered, but I played it because I wanted to play. Yeah, Sticker Star wasn't that good either. I mean, the the three original, Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, and Super Paper Mario, are definitely the best. Um, I, I definitely feel like the franchise went downhill after that, and but I'm still hopeful. Hopeful one day that uh, that they'll that they'll bring it back to the glory that it once had. But uh, okay, well, we'll move on to my sixth pick for this episode, and we're actually going to go to one of my favorite games of all time, and one of my favorite themes of all time, and one of my favorite towns of all time. 
So this, we're actually going to be visiting Dark Cloud. We're going to be going with Naroon Village. was Naroon Village from Dark Cloud. Like I said, one of my favorite games, favorite town themes, favorite series, favorite towns in general. I freaking love this game, dude. It, it, the reason I picked this up, and this came out the same year that the, or maybe it was maybe it was the year after. When did the PS2 come out? Uh, PlayStation 2 released here in North America. No, sooner than that. PlayStation 2 released in October 22nd, 2000 here in North America. Um, I didn't get mine. That's right, because they were in such short demand. I didn't get mine till March of 2001. This game came out in North America, May 29th, 2001. So I, I, I and I remember seeing this game in magazines before the PS2, before I got mine. And it just looked so much like The Legend of Zelda to me that I had to own this game. Little did I know it would become one of my favorite games and favorite series of all time. And that's why I keep every single time there's a prediction episode, I keep predicting that Sony is going to smarten up and make a Dark Cloud 3 because a lot of people really like the series. It's amazing. And it's really cool because level five, the developer that would go on to, you know, to make the Professor Layton series, uh, Nino Kuni, all those games, it's their first game ever, Dark Cloud. So, oh, wow. And they were talking about uh, because their 20th anniversary is 2018. They said they had a special announcement for their 20th anniversary. I keep hoping that it's Dark Cloud 3 because it's the first series, first game they ever worked on. And it would just, it would be very, you know, it would be very nice for the company and for fans if they actually did announce and, and Sony signed off on a Dark Cloud 3 for, for, for level 5 and their 20th anniversary. It would be pretty cool. But uh, the composer for this game was Tomohito Nishiaru, and his claim to fame is obviously Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud 2, and Rogue Galaxy, Level 5's PS2 offerings. But then everything else he's known for is the Professor Layton series. He's done every single game. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, again, also Level 5, so he just works in-house on Level 5. Yeah, I tell you, their big announcement is going to be another Professor Layton game. 
I have a feeling it's going to be two, but I really, I really, really, really want it to be Dark Cloud. Professor Layton versus Dark Cloud. <laughs> no. Um, what's super cool about this game, though, is that it, it has the town building aspect that I always talk about that I love in my games. Like what had, you know, ActRaiser had it. Another level five game, White Knight Chronicles had it. And then obviously with the Nino Kuni 2 coming up, which is another level five game. It's a very level five staple. Um, Nino Kuni 2 has kingdom building mechanics, but Dark Cloud obviously is where this all started. They got the idea obviously from ActRaiser, but you would go into these procedurally generated dungeons that as procedurally generated means, they changed every single time you went into them. So you could never, you know, you were going and doing something different every single time because you were grinding these dungeons over and over. So it was kind of nice that the layout and the, you know, the layouts of chests and the enemies in there were changing because you were going in over and over and over again. But you were picking up these Georama spheres, and you would go into the town and lay out these spheres into actual buildings or pieces of the river or trees or windmills or whatever it is. That's just what happened in Naroon. Um, and once you laid this stuff down, you know, the, the villagers that were missing would come back to their, to their homes because you're building actual houses that were missing from the town. And they would tell you, hey, you know, I would like to be by the river or I would like to be by a windmill or I'd like to be by this person's house. So you're trying to while rebuilding the town, you're trying to also get a 100 percent satisfaction rating. And to do that, you have to be very strategic with your planning and how you're actually building your your town. And I, I just loved this mechanic. It was so good to me. Dark Cloud 2 did it exceptionally well as well did they but they had a time traveling mechanic with theirs so it was pretty cool like you would build something in the past to change how the town looks in the future or change something nice. in the future to do satellite nice. in the past so it was very cool how dark cloud 2 did it as well it's another series i do want to do for revisiting the classics eventually because i think you would love this game especially dark cloud 1 just because it does feel so much like the legend of zelda dark cloud 2 probably the better of the two games though but dark cloud 1 is a great place to start it definitely sounds interesting. Um, no, I, I, I definitely I definitely think we should pencil this in at some point in the future. All right, well, I'm going to go to a game that I put in so many hours to, and I have a little bit of a story to as well. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but this is going to be the Sanctuary Town theme from Borderlands 2.
And that was Sanctuary theme for Borderlands 2, composed by Jesper Kidd. Jesper Kidd, I like him as a composer. I really do. Um, I don't feel that's one of his stronger tracks, but I, uh, I, I love him as a composer, obviously. I, I more associate him with the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, also, uh, Hitman and uh, Unreal Tournament 3. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Borderlands 2, this is one of the few actual town themes. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to get a good shooter in there. And I don't know, I don't know if I've ever said, but I'm not a huge fan of Borderlands in general. This is not a series that's really ever captivated me. Um, I was quite captivated by this game. I actually really liked it, but I said I had a little story for you. Yeah, go ahead. This is the last game I ever played on a Microsoft platform. Okay, cool. That's Uh, right before you went over to uh, Sony, I'm assuming. Sony, yes. Um, I was Microsoft loyal. I played every game. I played every game to completion. Uh, there were no platinum trophies back then. There was gamer points. Uh, I maxed them all out because I'm the best. Some would say. Well, well, I was accused of cheating. How? I'll never know. I told you, you were the only person in history that actually figured out how to make and utilize a Game Shark on the Xbox 360. Yes. I plugged my Game Genie into the controller for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I told you to be careful with it. I told you to be careful. I grinded this game out for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Like, way too much. Some may even classify it as gaming addiction. I played so much. Ah, would the World Health Organization classify it as that? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I played this game an obscene amount. I played it with friends uh, constantly. My my brother-in-law and I played this a lot. Uh... I did everything to the point, to the point that I, I completed the game 100%. Sure. And then people, according to uh, Microsoft, people accused me of cheating. I'm not surprised. And they reset my gamer score to zero. Uh, and you probably deserved it. And, ba- and banned me from Xbox Live <laughs> for like two months. I know. Kind of, a, kind of a crappy thing. But there was no warning. There was no nothing. There was no evidence to substantiate the claim. Pretty much saying, hey, we have your money. We don't want you as a customer anymore. Right. I, ca- I called them. There was no reprieve. There was no nothing. Oh, yeah, you're right. banned. Right. Um, so I left. I mean, I was invested. I I, I didn't really tell the story, but I, I turned my back on Sony a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is crazy because Sony has always been my, my platform of choice besides Nintendo. PS2 was my favorite system of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Good choice. And, and I will admit that I had... Uh, a, a, a pretty extensive collection. Uh, I had to modify a PS2, not for legal purposes. I just wanted to import Japanese games. Sure. I want, yeah, actually, back, back then you had to modify your console to play games. Yeah, um, and Nintendo so, was the same way. Yeah, so I, I want the, there's a lot of Japanese games that I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, and I was importing quite a bit of stuff. And then and Sony came in and they shut down my favorite importer, who was nothing but good to me. Who was that? Uh, Lick Sang. Okay, I usually use play. I usually use Play Asia. So, like, like Sam was good to me. They were they constantly cut me dis, uh, deals, discounts. I actually mm-hmm. was friendly with the the people there, and they shut them down because they were selling PSPs. Okay. Uh, now, because Sony wanted to be the only one selling PSPs, a system that died, a system that no one really cared. Obviously, the Vita came along afterwards. The PSP was not doing very well. Sure. Lick Sam was doing was selling PSPs in Europe. Where they, they had they had no market and they were they were making money off off the PSP. Right. And apparently the whole big deal was Sony didn't like this and they had them shut down. 
That's weird. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm done with you, Sony. And I became Microsoft exclusive mm-hmm. until, until they screwed me. Uh, and then I came back. I was like, you know what? I'll give Sony another shot. And I haven't looked back since. That's cool. Yeah. So do you, um, man, there is a, there's a store. I believe they're based out of New York. It's called NCSX. You ever heard of them? National Console Support Incorporated. Is that New York City? I don't know if it's New York City or not. Um, trying to look here on their website. I've, I've ordered a few things from them. They are a North American-based Japanese import company. So, like, you can actually go to their, their website and order Japanese games on their website. Um, and they, they, they already have them imported from Japan, and they just send them to you. So it's a quicker way to get them. You know, if you import a game from Japan, it usually could take a few weeks because of customs and all that stuff well this store already imports most games and just has them in stock and then they ship them out to customers they have an actual storefront i've had to call them before i know where this is i know where this is it's in queens okay Um, okay yeah i actually know where this i I passed by it but i would love to go to the store (laughs) yeah i had a feeling i had a feeling you would know where it was just because it's not far from you yeah there's there's a lot of games i think most memorably was i wanted to import god hand Oh, okay. Guardians a great game. Um, I wanted to play that game, and it wasn't out here, so I was like, okay, I'll import that. Yeah. And they, they broke my heart, man. So yeah. But nowadays, we, we we can get games no matter what. So it's yeah. You just gotta can't use a Game Shark anymore. You gotta remember, don't use Game yes. Shark. Don't yes. use Game Shark. So. <laughs> <laughs> how, how dare I? How dare you? All right. My seventh pick for this episode. We're going to what I what I oftentimes flip flop back and forth with my favorite game of all time. So, we'll, we'll talk about the track when we come back, but this is from World of Warcraft, specifically the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. This is the theme for Dalaran.
And that was Dalaran from World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King. I could have chosen a number of different themes. Now, I've already, I've, we've already played Stormwind City on BG Mania. We played it during one of the original radio hours, so I couldn't choose that one, which is still my favorite World of Warcraft song to date. But uh, I chose Dalaran for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, it's the expansion that I came back to after I took a break from World of Warcraft for a, a little bit during the Burning Crusade expansion. This obviously, like I mentioned, from the Wrath of the Lich King, which was the second full expansion to Warcraft. Um, shout out to Sean. I know he's listening, and I, I, I'm pretty sure this is one of his favorite areas in Warcraft as well. But um, talking specifically about Dalaran City, like the theme song, it was composed by Russell Brower over at Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, the Wrath of the Lich King expansion was released on November 13th, 2008. Russell Brower, obviously in-house at Blizzard, known for Blizzard games. So, I mean, he's done work on Warcraft, The Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King, Cataclysm, Starcraft 2, Diablo 3, Mists of Pandaria, Heart of the Swarm for Starcraft 2, Heroes of Warcraft, Hearthstone, uh, Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls, Warlord to Draenor, and Legion. So he's been a part of Warcraft since its inception. Uh, a fantastic composer. I absolutely love his work. Um, it, it definitely, I'm excited to play some of our episodes when we get into the Warcraft series in the future. It's going to be, those are great episodes because all these tracks are just phenomenal. Like if you like that one, it's just gets so much better from there. And that's a great track, but every single track in Warcraft, I feel is very, very strong. But, uh, Dalaran, man, Dalaran is a, basically it's a neutral sanctuary city that both the Horde and Alliance can visit. And, you know, you can't attack each other there. It was your, it was your hub city for the entirety of Northrend during the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. And it's currently the hub city for the Legion expansion because they moved Dalaran from Northrend to the Broken Shore in Legion so that you're still using the, the Dalaran city. First time they've ever done that. First time we're reusing a city um, in, in the game, which is pretty cool that they're doing that. But um, it's cool because the original Dalaran before World of Warcraft was in the game because it was once a city-state located um, by Lordamir Lake up in the Altrak Mountains zone of, of, of the uh, Eastern Kingdoms, which is up there, kind of like by the Undead zone for by Old, uh, by old Lordaeron where the Undercity is at, uh, up there by Tearsfall Glades and, um, you know, uh, Eastern Plaguelands, Western Plaguelands up in that area. Altrak Mountains is up there next to Hillsbrad Foothills. And if you went to this area in the original game, the, the, you know, the vanilla version or the Burning Crusade, the original Dalaran was surrounded by a pink bubble. And, you know, the the um, the mages of, of Dalaran were were keeping it the Kirin Tors, the name of their faction. They were keeping it safe under this bubble. And eventually when Wrath of the Lich King came out and the, um, you know, the uh, Lich King was the, the main bad guy for that expansion, they moved it to just outside of Icecrown Citadel, which is where the Lich King is at, was hovering over Crystal Song Forest just outside of Icecrown, which is where the Icecrown Citadel is located. So it was really, really cool. And now... If you go back to the Alltrack Mountains where Dalaran used to be, it's a giant crater. And there's actually, mages can actually make portals to old Dalaran. And you can actually click portals to old Dalaran at sporadic points in the game. And it'll drop you above this crater where Dalaran used to be. And you basically fall to your death. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like a troll move that mages can use. I, I've ran with a lot of mages that, that do that um, in raids and stuff when they make their portals for you to get out. But uh, I love this track, man. Dalaran is one of my favorite cities in the game. It's so pretty. It's beautiful. 
it just and and I love the layout because it's literally just a square like you have a, a four-sided city with buildings on all the sides and buildings in the middle and then you have an alliance subsect off the top square and then a horde subsect off the bottom square and it's just really 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 cool because you can't attack each other like if the horde try to go to the alliance area or the alliance try to go to the horde area just ports you out you can't even get in and then if you're in the middle neutral areas, you can't attack one another on PvP realms. You can't anyway on PvE realms. But on PvP realms, that's why it's called a Sanctuary City. That's what Shatrath City was in, in the Burning Crusade. Uh, that's what the... Um, there was another one, too. I'm blanking on it right now. But these so if you, it's if you run away like a little girl, you can get yourself somewhere safe and they can't attack you? Yeah, more or less, yeah. Okay. On, P, on PvP realms. Yeah, absolutely. But... <laughs> But uh, I just I mean a lot of my memories because, like I said, I took a break in Burning Crusade after the second raid tier released. Didn't come back till well over halfway into the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, and that was right as Old War was the main raid tier, right before Ice Crown Citadel released as the thir as the third raid tier in that expansion. And I just so much of my time was spent in this game, in this city, waiting for raids to form for ICC. You know, riding around in your mounts. They used to do what were called like um, like mount trains, and everyone would get on like a a mount. And you would follow each other because you can follow a character and you like there would be a leader and you would just ride in the slow circle around Dalaran, this giant mount. It was dude. It's just mm -hmm. it's cool, man. I, I had a lot of good memories with with Dalaran and, and even so, like I said, L cities, um, Stormwind, Ironforge. I, I've got a lot of memories with all these cities, but Dalaran is the one that stuck out to me most when I decided to choose a track from Warcraft just because I love the the vocals in that track, the chanting and Dalaran. One of my favorite cities of all time. That was that was definitely a good track. Um, for my for my last track, I'm picking a song that sounds very very different to me than the way I'm used to hearing it, and we'll okay. talk about that in a bit. This is the Raccoon City theme from Resident Evil Two. And that is the Raccoon City theme from Biohazard 2. I don't remember it sounding like that. Not at all, man. It's so weird to hear this song 
without all the zombie noises. It is, it's surreal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, uh, this is probably my favorite Resident Evil game. I think it's my favorite Resident Evil 2, and I'm, I'm really glad that they're actually doing a remake of this game. I, I, jo- I was like, Brian, they're going to remake this game, and he goes, no, they are remaking this game. <laughs> they worked on it for years. Yeah, uh, it was it was officially announced in 2015. I actually think it started development in 2014, and there's a heavy rumor that it's actually going to be released in 2018, maybe soon, because the actual 20th anniversary of Resident Evil takes place um, in just two weeks. January 21st, 2018 is the 20th anniversary. So there's a rumor that we might actually get the release date for Resident Evil 2 remake in like two weeks time, which is kind of crazy. They can go Resident Evil 1 style with the full motion video of uh, action sequences. I'd be down for that. I think it's going to I think it's going to look heavily like the Resident Evil 1 remake. I really do. Yeah, I I think it has to. That's just what they what they make their games look like now. I I want to I want to go back and play this game again. Uh, I, can I mean, say I, 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 I want to, but I'm going to wait for the remake to play this game again. Yeah, it's so, so a lot. It's, it's it's hard going back to play a PS1 game. <laughs> it really is. It, unless it's an RPG, because RPGs tend to not, they're not hard to go back and play. Even with revisiting the classics, going back and playing Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2, even though they're very primitive looking in terms of art style and graphics, they still play really well, and they're very easy to jump in, jump out. Whereas with Resident Evil 1, 2, 3... I mean, just the, the way those games were designed with just just the way that they did it makes it kind of hard to go back and play them again, at least at least, you know, 20 years in the in, in the future. Um, but this game, uh, the composers, uh, there's three composers. OK, it's uh, once again, I'm probably going to butcher these. Uh, Masami Ayuda. OK. Siun Nishigaki. OK. And the father of Mega Man music himself, Shusaku Uchiyama. OK, very cool. Uh, all three are Capcom in-house, 100%. There's yeah, nothing yeah, else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, the, the first two, more so just the Resident Evil games. As I said, uh, Uchima, Uchiyama, every single Mega Man game to date. Mm-hmm. Which has uh, some great music. Has some great, great music. Uh, I've mentioned a thousand times over, Mega Man's one of my favorite series. Um... I can honestly say I've beaten them all. I can't wait for Eleven to come out. But yeah, uh, back to Res- yeah. back to back to Resident Evil. I mean, like I said, just hearing the song when I was when I was, when I was picking picking tracks, I was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> uh, and then I started like pouring through YouTube comments, and they all it clicked in my head what they were all saying. They're like, I don't hear the zombies. I don't hear the zombies. What's wrong? Like, it's because it's, that's because it's not actually in the actual. It's, yeah, know, it's not in the sound file. That those are sound effects. It's not in the actual soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, but, it's, it, but it's just like listening to like Super Mario Bros. stream when you hear, when you hear it, and you've been gaming so long, and not hear that boing or the you'll, 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 you'll hear them like the, the jump or the the coin sound. Like all yeah. those things are they're, they're entrenched in your mind. Right. No. Of course. Of course. But, uh, that's how I'm closing out. Okay. Uh, I'm sure, well, I'm sure you have one more excellent track to bring us to a close. I do. I, I feel like I saved a really good track for last. So closing us out of the episode this week, we're going to be listening to a track from a game that I'm currently still playing. And actually, earlier in the episode, when you talked about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp being the newest game, I actually forgot I picked this game. This game actually came out about a week after Animal Crossing Pocket Camp on the ah, Nintendo nice. Switch. <laughs> so uh, this is from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. 
And the track is called Toragoth, and it's actually the day version of the theme. Now, if you remember during our 20 best of 2017 episode when I played a track from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I played the Gormot Plains day version. The day and night tracks in this game are totally different from one another. So the towns all have day and night tracks. The fields all have day and night tracks. And it's actually really, really, really cool. The the night version is obviously more slower and more melodic, more peaceful. It's nighttime. And then the day versions are more upbeat. Like This one here, Torgoth, definitely feels like a, a renaissance fair to me almost. Uh, it definitely has that that feel to it. Uh, obviously, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was released on December 1st, 2017 for the Nintendo Switch. It is part of the Xeno series. Composers for the game, there's four of them. I talk about this every single time. It's hard to find out who is actually responsible for every each one of these tracks in the game because it doesn't tell you. So we just have to go off of generalities. Uh, so the composers are Yasunori Mitsuda, Ace Team, Kenji Hiramatsu, and Manami Kiyota. And I'm actually just going to be focusing specifically on Yasunori Mitsuda here. Um, because I, I wanted to pull up some of the other stuff he's known for, and, and he's someone that we've talked about many times here on, on BG Mania. But just to remind everyone, he's the guy behind the Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross games, the entire Xenogears game, Mario Party games, Shadow Hearts. Uh, he's, he did all three of the Xenosaga games. He's worked on all the Xenoblade games. He does the Inazuma 11 series. He did Arkrise Fantasia, did uh, Valkyria Revolution, and obviously, most recently, he, besides... Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but because this came out after, he did Final Fantasy 15 episode Ignis. And it's the first time he's ever worked on a Final Fantasy game, so that's kind of neat. But uh, yeah, Yasunori Mitsuda, definitely a legend in the business. Keep an eye out for our spotlight, composer spotlight on him at some point in the future. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I stopped playing it right around 30 hours in, I, and I remember talking about this because I was trying to balance this and Tokyo Xanadu at the same time. I ended up just getting totally absorbed into Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus and ended up just focusing on that 100%. And then by the time I finished that, it was already close to Christmas. Jessica ended up getting Stardew Valley for the Switch for Christmas and has basically not let go of that Switch ever since. <laughs> so, so going back and playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has been a bit of a challenge over the last few weeks. And there's a few other games. I still need to go finish Super Mario Odyssey as well. So I will get back to the Switch here in the near future. And But honestly, the first thing I'm going to get back to is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I, I definitely want to finish that game. I can't wait to finish that game. And this track is just so good. Like I told you when we were listening to it, it definitely has like a upbeat, almost, you know, yeah, yeah Renaissance feel. Like, like a nice day at the Renaissance Fair. Huh? Yeah, it, it's so cool, man. And stick, uh, a turkey, stick a turkey leg in my hand and we're good to go. Yeah, Torgoth is the first is, is the first city town that you come to as well in the game. So it, it's definitely the one that uh, was fresh in my mind when, when thinking of these tracks. And I told you I'm starting to take notes now when playing games of when I hear music. I actually had a note specifically said, town theme episode, Torgoth. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, XC2 for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So I, I was leaving a note for myself to choose this one when we did this episode. But uh, unfortunately, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. So thank you so much for joining us. As I mentioned at the beginning, BG Mania is uploaded on iTunes and Google Play every Wednesday. Leaving us a rating and a review if you haven't already done so on either iTunes or Google Play helps us out tremendously in terms of search results. If you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, remember to email us at bgmania at leveldowngames.com. I'm going to say it again. Email us 
BG Mania at leveldowngames.com. We need requests. We haven't gotten a single one for this upcoming radio hour at the end of January. So hopefully out of the next couple episodes we have before radio hour, someone will send a request in. Uh, we have it. I know obviously with the holidays and stuff, so I'm, I'm sure people are busy, but uh, just shoot us an email, request some songs. It doesn't matter if you've already requested one, request another one. We don't care. We're, we're, we're not getting many yet. So we'll definitely take repeat request, not repeat requests. We never play the same song twice on BG Mania. That's that's a rule. But uh, we'll we'll take requests from more the, from the same person more than once, just because we're not getting many right now. Uh, if you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games, so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis, remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find our main account on Twitter at Original LDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information. And finally, over at twitch.tv slash level down games for all of our live streams. If you stop in, feel free to say hello. Doing all of these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. The Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday. The Top 10 series every Friday. And Revisiting the Classics, our weekly trip back to the past to play some retro games. That's every Saturday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Next week, we return to our series episodes. We're going to be focusing on Super Mario Galaxy 1 and Super Mario Galaxy 2. We'll have 10 tracks from each one of those games. Once again, taking us out of the episode this week, we have Torgoth Day Theme from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.